Welcome to Amateur All Tours, the podcast where every week we sit down and have a discussion about a movie. I'm your host, Mike, and joining me is my brother, Brian, and we would like to welcome you to Amateur All Tours. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike, and joining me as always... Actually, guys, it's just me. This week, we are going to try something new, a solo first impressions. Uh, We are still experiencing issues with Brian's recording system, and since we are not living together, I decided to really take the initiative uh, to do this episode uh, by myself. Coupled with that fact, there is also, I've been wanting to do this review of this specific movie for a while. But you know what, before we begin, I have to admit, I'm really going to miss Brian on this one. His perspectives and interpretations on film are excellent and provide a lot of basis for discussion, and it really helps me out of some bind sometimes. But you know, with that being said, I've done a lot of research and preparation to hopefully ensure that I really don't mess this up. I have my notes of the film, uh, I have some things written out of points I want to discuss, so hopefully this preparation really pays off. So, you know what? What movie will I discuss today for this first impressions? Well, that movie is Ghostbusters. No, I don't mean the 1980s classic. I mean the 2016 reboot of the same name. Now, you know what, guys? Please hear me out because I may make some claims that some may find controversial. So, you know what? Before I really get into the discussion, I'm going to start with probably my most controversial statement. All right? Here you go. I think Ghostbusters 2016 was a good film. Like I said, hear me out guys. So one thing that really made me interested in this film is just really much the overall reception. Sure, when I first saw the trailer, I thought, you know what, this looks okay. The the cast seems funny and entertaining, and it looks like, you know, a modern or a refreshing look for a modern Ghostbusters. And you know what? I obviously was in the silent majority here. Or my minority, I'm sorry. I was in the silent minority here. This trailer has since gained infamy for its dislikes to likes ratio on YouTube. I actually think I was reading an article that said that this is the most disliked movie trailer on YouTube to like to date. What? I, and to me, I haven't seen a such a hated and disliked video since either Dear Fat People or Rebecca Black's Friday. And you know what, this goes even, this hatred goes even further with people actually physically expressing their anger with blogs, reviews, columns, Twitter, social media, and you know what, okay, and so from my research, these are, these, these claims range from, you know, reasonable things that people were genuinely worried about to completely absurd. Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna summarize a few of these of these more uh, end-of-the-spectrum ones. So, number one, Ghostbusters promotes the ultra-extreme feminist movement. Number two, Ghostbusters is another Hollywood sellout. Number three, Ghostbusters is ruining my childhood. And, you know what, my favorite, Ghostbusters is promoting a racist agenda. What? And, uh, guys, I really wish I was making this one up. I... I, I, I'm not even going to go into that one, but I can't believe... like So, my question is, why is there all this hate, and where did this stem from? You know, as 
as a human being, I can only speculate as to why people had such a hostile reaction. But for me, pers- but for me personally, none of these so-called issues ever came up in my head. Never, not not uh, before, during, or after this film. None of these issues really rang true. The only thing that I want to say to those people that judge an entire movie based on a trailer is this. Give the film a chance before you completely trash it. Now, you know what? I'm not saying that this is the case for all films. Yes, trailers give us a look into... And and also an idea of whether or not we want to see a film. Yes, I, I completely understand that. But when a trailer... A 90 second to sometimes 4 minute trailer, a look, garnishes the hate, the bashing and the trashing, and even as it goes as far as to harassing people that are involved in the film, I have one thing to say to you. Step off your high horse and be an adult about what is really meant to be a fun summer movie. If you're still with me after that rant, bless your heart and thank you for staying. It was just something that was really on my mind and I was getting sick and tired of hearing it. And it was really this is one and like I said, it's one of the big reasons why I wanted to do this review for so long. But you know what? That's in the past. So let's jump into the actual film and see what this big deal is. So you know what, right off the bat, I want to say that I don't really use on- online review sites. They can be just as biased and pandering as anything else. But I have to admit, Rotten Tomatoes gave Ghostbusters a, 70, a 73 out of 100. And I would completely back that review as fair and reasonable. This film is not perfect, but it does have a lot to offer. So I have a lot of points that I'll be referring to my notes for. And I, I mean, I'm trying to break these down in kind of... Um, Point one, point two, point three. So the first point that I want to say is the story isn't really anything special, especially on a grand scale. Specific, I mean, some specifics like the villain is pretty bland and not explored. I'm going to get more into that later. And I mean, the 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 story is serviceable, but it tries to hit on key moments from the first or from the from the original 1980s Ghostbuster at relatively the same time. So, for example, um, some things that I really thought of was the opening shot. So, we get uh, kind of, not, not so much a tour, but we have a, a haunted setting. And it's typically kind of an introduction, uh, kind of sets the tone, and there's always one person that some entity is always targeting. In this case, it is uh, Zach Woods from from I know him mostly from The Office and it's kind of bit parts in here and there. But he's giving a tour of a haunted house. The the entity makes itself known to only him and no one else, and it always cuts with him with the character screaming. And here we go, Ghostbusters. So there is that. Um, there was another thing I noticed. There's always an ending giant. So the first film there was the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. The second one was the uh, Statue of Liberty, and the third one I was like, I wonder what's gonna happen here. And I'm not giving that away, but yes, there is a giant in the end. And another thing, the first ghost I figured was gonna be always a big kind of big thing in the first movie. It was the hotel, it was Slimer in the hotel. The second one, it was the Scalari brothers, and which 
off the record or kind of kind of a side tangent i love the scolari brothers and i kind of got a few i got a vibe from definitely one of the ghosts in this film which kind of made me you know kind of have a bit nostalgia but anyway back to the point that they always have these big over the top ghostbusters pulling out their uh proton packs and just going to town and i knew that this one was going to be bigger now this also kind of goes into the point later on where I'm going to go into about the new additions because this I thought was actually really clever kind of tipping my or getting a little ahead of myself I thought that this reveal was really awesome and that it kind of added a new modernistic twist to ghosts and the Ghostbusters and I thought it was genuinely funny but what I'm trying to get at is that kind of knowing these key moments really you know it kind of gave me a sense of what is to come and guess how things would play out but like i said what this film does is that it does a great job with its newer moments and its additions i think they're great so my next point are the characters now for the most part the new cast are they're fantastic i loved all the the leading like the headliners in this now i want to say my concern one of the concerns i had for the film before going in was the all-female cast. Now, it's not because I am against a feminist movement or I'm sexist. It wasn't that at all. I didn't, I actually, I like all these actresses' work. Um, I was a little unfamiliar with Leslie Jones and, um, and, and, and in a sense, Kirsten Wig. but, you know, I, I knew who they all were. I knew the Hillary Clinton, I knew Melissa McCarthy, all the characters that she plays, but I, my concern was not that they were all women, but I thought that the gender reversal was really, it was a cheap and unoriginal and uncreative way to kind of be new. My perfect, or not, I want to say perfect, but my idea that I thought that would kind of make this better, at least leading into the film, was that it would be a mixed-gendered cast, and that it would continue the story of the original Ghostbusters, and I thought that maybe they kind of have some witty dialogue back and forth, which this film has witty dialogue galore, and I love that. But, you know, I thought that it would be more of like a kind of a mixed gender. But when I actually saw the film, all of these concerns went away. Everyone did fantastic. So, getting into the characters, like I said, all the leads do a great job. And you know what? I gotta say, shout out to Leslie Jones and I am blanking on her name, uh, oh, Kate McKinnon, they are the two best parts of this movie, now, Melissa McCarthy and, and uh, Kirsten, or Kristen Wiig, they do a great job as well, but Leslie Jones and Kate McKinnon, man, they are so funny, I, I especially Les, Leslie Jones, she was my absolute favorite part of this movie, they just, they just offer so much they just offer so much to the, the, their characters. I mean, they're granted, they're especially McKinnon's character just kind of plays weird, but it's not. It's it never gets old. Uh, whereas one character, their guy, their guy kind of gets old. But I really like the quirky, the quirkiness of each character and their own traits. But what I really enjoyed the most was that, especially with McKinnon, is that they just played the right amount of strange, but they stayed fresh, and then Leslie Jones had some of the best dialogues and delivery of this film. It's, it, whenever I saw Leslie Jones, everything that she said was great. I, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, and, and, and it's, 
and it, to me, she's getting the most hate for this film, at least from from what I understand. She's getting the most attack on social media and the most criticism. And you know what? That's ridiculous. But she is. I actually I didn't preface this. I saw this this film with my mother, and she was sitting next to me, and. And whenever, and one of the best, whenever Leslie Jones said something really, like, kind of like a distinct funny moment, my mom was laughing. And I haven't heard my mom laugh that hard, especially for a film, in a long time. And and I think that kind of speaks in, in a lot of strokes. So... And I also want to say, Melissa McCarthy and Kate and Kristen and Wig, they did great jobs with their characters, and the chemistry between all the characters was felt really naturalistic to me. Everyone said that, or I don't want to say, I'm sorry, I'm I'm overgeneralizing. The reviews that I read, specific ones, were saying that the chemistry seemed forced, and it wasn't as good as the original. And and you know what? Comparing things to the original, you're setting them up to do, for failure because the original Ghostbusters, everything worked in that film, and ev- a lot of things work in this film. But it's like I said in the beginning, it's not perfect. So when you compare a not perfect film to a near perfect predecessor, of course things are going to stand out, and it's easy to say, well, they're not as good as the original Ghostbusters because you know what. Nothing will be as good as the original Ghostbusters. But anyway, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, I thought the chemistry was great. And and one thing that I really did enjoy is that each character kind of had bits of each Ghostbuster. So, for example, um, from the trailer, Kate McKinnon, she's obviously supposed to be the new Egon uh, I mean, in looks with her glasses and things like that, but, and, and also, Melissa McCarthy is supposed to be the, I would say, Dan Aykroyd, um, the Dan Aykroyd character, kind of like, this, I'm believer, this is what, everything is real, but, and then Leslie Jones is obviously, um, well, I don't even say obviously, because, because each one has their own character, so I, I felt that Melissa McCarthy, let's say, kind of had uh, Egon, Dan Aykroyd's character, and Bill Murray's character, all together. Like they, she, they kind of had like the witty dialogue of Bill Murray, uh, the smarts of Egon, and but also the belief that this, like the of Aykroyd's character, that this is real. Nothing like this is. We have to keep going. Um, McKinnon, I thought, had uh, Egon, obviously, or Harold Ramis's character, being, like, the brilliant, smart one, but also kind of had Bill Murray's, like, sar- uh, sarcastic humor to everything and kind of not t- really taking it seriously. And that's what I, I thought that was really refreshing, that you can't really, like, kind of on a broad scale, yes, you can say this is this is who this character is, but when you really look specifically, they kind of have characteristics from all the Ghostbusters. So, now moving on to the other characters, Chris Hemsworth, he's the new Janine receptionist character, and you know, he does a good job, uh, he has more to do than Janine, uh, he's actually, he, uh, he he has more to do in the climax with the villain, but you know what, as much as I liked Chris Hemsworth and his role, the joke gets really old really fast because he because he is he's a very idiotic and kind of a simple character. He's he, they're making fun of the kind of the hipster, empty mindedness kind of stereotype, 
And it's funny, but it gets really old. Like, okay, we get it. He's an idiot, and he's a good-looking man. And they kind of take that a little too far, but it's 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 not it's nothing really to that. It's kind of like a nitpick for me, because whenever his joke is just that he's an idiot, and it's like, okay, I get it. But so that's Chris Hemsworth, and then we get to our villain. He, our villain. He's uh. In a word, he is forgettable. He is now. I'm gonna admit, he is one of the movie's worst bits. He's uh, he's not really a character. He just seems like he's more really. You know, now that I think about it, he's more of a MacGuffin than anything. He is solely there to push this apocalypse of ghosts impending onto New York City. He he. So this character's motivation is pretty much dropped in dialogue, and it's not even good exposition. So, we find out that he's bullied, and he's a sociopath, and he's nothing. He's not even explored outside of that, and what's really disappointing is that they could have gone with this character so much. Like I mentioned, he was bullied, and this could really go somewhere, because our two main characters were picked on as kids for believing in the paranormal. Now, this, like, just, just think about this. Just sit with me and really think about the way, like, where they could have gone with this. We have two characters that were bullied in school, but they had each other, and they, and their bond is super strong. And because they overcame being picked on and being bullied together, whereas this character only had himself, and he only had his tormented psyche and who knows what his upbringing was like it's not expl- it's not explored but just think we could have had the kind of the dichotomy of the two of you know these guys the, our two main characters were bullied because they believed in the paranormal and they grew up and they kind of they turned that into their profession whereas this i mean they both did that but this they went in a good way and this guy turned it into bringing the apocalypse because he thought that this world was unworthy and needed to be purged that's really interesting and it could have been really cool to explore that and that so that's disappointing. Could he could have been a really strong character? And another thing is that his we're just kind of expected to believe that this guy like yes, I can I can get behind just for the sake of the film that this guy is an insane evil genius who knows everything he needs to do, but the way he so the way that this guy this villain he 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 gets these ghosts by I guess electrical impulse and through some convoluted plot he's he's triggering the center, like, his electrical impulses are triggering some ancient paranormal grid system that will unlock in the center, and he's placing these, like, kind of like mind sweeper pads at strategic points through the city, and it kind of connects as a grid, so those things aren't explained, which is unfortunate, and then in the basement of his ho- of of the hotel that he works at, which is is re- very reminiscent of um, Dana Barrett's and uh, Rick Mor- Rick Moranis's uh, big like Empire State esque the hotel or not hotel uh, apartment complex. It looks like that in the basement. He's building this huge like generator, and 
it's not explained. You just kind of have they they expect us to accept it, but I refuse to do that because in Ghostbusters everything is more or less explained, even if the science is completely wacky and whimsical and like it's talking about ghosts. You're willing to go with it because the film, it, they they earn that. Whereas this film, I feel like didn't really allow me to. Earn. It didn't earn that for me to just accept that this crazy guy was able to build these things. Um, it would have been nice to have some explanation because they even go they ex- they explain a little bit more the how the proton pa- packs work, how the gadgets work, and that would have and so that would have been really interesting to know how these how the villain actually works. Um, so. That that's the villain. I use he's forgettable, and that's really the one of the poorest things that I can think of of this film. But and another thing about the characters, something that I really wanted to touch upon, but not really spend that much time on, are the cameos of the film. Now, in a in in a, in a movie reboot from a film as popular as Ghostbusters, of course these are expected, and they are present in the film. Now, I like some of these, and. Some of them I didn't really care for. Um, the ghost, but now all the Ghostbusters make uh, appearances. I'm not gonna say where, but they make an appearance, including the late and dearly beloved Harold Ramis. He makes an appearance, but I, I'll let you know what his is, just because you mu- if you blink you might miss it, or if you're not really paying attention, he has a bronze bust in a college that. Kristen Wiig is working at. It's in the background, but I, I did notice it, and, you know, I'm really happy that, in some way or another, all the Ghostbusters made it into this film. Granted, some cameos are better than others, but that's just my opinion. Um, I also thought Janine had the best. Um, she delivers her catchphrase, what do you want? Uh, I thought that was great. Um, now, some ghosts and a certain logo makes a cameo, and in specifically the logo, in my opinion, it has two cameos. The first one we see the origin of the um, of the logo, and I think it's awesome. And it's a, such a small bit. And I'm gonna, I'm sorry, I keep saying I'm gonna get to that, but I I think the logo deserves its own thing, at least for the origin. But so you see its origin, and then. It's a, it, it makes an appearance later on, and to me, I thought it was kind of like, okay, like, that really wasn't needed. Uh, the ghosts, I don't know, this is kind of where I'm confusing what Ghostbusters wants to be. I don't know if Ghostbusters wants to be a standalone film where it's not, it doesn't really want, not that to be associated with the original, but I'm not really sure what they want me to feel about it, whether it's a standalone or if it's kind of like a... It's a spiritual successor to Ghostbusters because they keep adding these new additions and they like they completely dis they don't even at least directly infer about the original Ghostbusters like oh this is a standalone but they keep having these weird cameos that seemingly kind of are just there to like not I don't even say fan service just to kind of like we're here and so those I didn't really enjoy as much. Um, before I get off the cameos, one there's one cameo that I really wish made it into the film, but sadly, I guess it just didn't work out, was Rick Moranis. 
I love Rick Moranis. He's retired from acting, and the reason he retired from acting is even more heart is is heartbreaking, and it just makes me love him even more. Um, if you're unfamiliar with it, I definitely recommend that you look up the story, just because I wouldn't do it any justice. But he is such a he he was just such a funny naturalistic part of the first two that it was really was disappointing that I I couldn't see him again in this Ghostbusters, but I'm going to move on to my next point because that was the characters. That's really all I had to say about the characters. My third point, I really want to talk about the additions to this film, um, as opposed to what the original Ghostbusters had. So. My first point is that I think that, and this is another controversial statement, I think the ghosts look really cool. I took these as they look very like a video game and a comic book, which is what this film should feel like. Um, I know, and, and the original, you can't beat the practical effects. I think the practical practical effects in the first two, I mentioned the Scolari brothers, those are my all-time two favorite ghosts of this film, or not this film, of the franchise, if you want to call it that. And I don't know why. Maybe it was because it was the first kind of glimpse I had in the Ghostbusters. I, um, funny enough, m- my viewing of Ghostbusters was sec. It was it was two, I guess one, and now this. And I just remember seeing the Scolari brothers, and that, and it's that image that got me hooked on Ghostbusters. And so, and as much as I like that, these these ghosts kind of have a mix of CGI, and, but they feel real. Like they don't feel fake. I mean, obviously, they, they, they are, they're over, they're meant to look frightening, but they, they look like they're from a video game or comic book, which is, makes it fun, and what these, they shouldn't be overly scary, or they shouldn't be super realistic, they should kind of have that sense of, this isn't real, because, let's face it, it's a Ghostbusters premise, these, these shouldn't feel like realistic ghosts, shouldn't, we shouldn't be watching The Conjuring, or, or the the Shining. This is some supposed to be a fun movie. So of course the ghosts should look fun, but kind of intimidating at that. But I think they look great. Um, I think that this film does a really good job for reamping for the modern era. Um, especially I think the new gadgets. I have a feeling this is going to be kind of polarizing because I feel like some people think the gadgets are going to be totally stupid. But I for one thought they were great. I was so happy that the new gadgets were included because, I mean, as awesome as the Proton Packs are, they couldn't, this is 2016, and I mean, I'm sorry that, but this is just the age we live in where, in today's age, I mean, I mean, it's kind of like the Michael Bay era, where you need, I don't necessarily agree with this, but you need explosions and all this stuff going on in the background. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that, but if you're rebooting a film, you should add more. If they stuck with the proton proton packs, now, they granted, they did change the design a little bit to kind of make it more, like a, I don't want to say impromptu, but it seems like, it, like they, that they made it, and... And it's not so, like, high-tech. Like, you know what I mean? It kind of seems like the spare parts were kind of thrown together. But they make sense. But I really love the, the gadgets. So, at the top of my head, we have the handguns, which I thought were great. Um, and kind of a neat little side things. They have grenades. They have, um, like, a shredder. They have an ability... Now, I thought the shredder was kind of... Nah, just kind of tacking things on. But they have... 
an ability to ha fight hand-to-hand -hand with ghosts, which I thought was great. Now, granted, that gadget is, from what I remember, wasn't used in the way that I wanted it to be used, but the idea, I thought it was great, and and so the, the gadgets are cool, and like I mentioned earlier, the Proton Packs, they they have a different design, they, they it's more... I think it's more, I don't want to say realistic, because this is Ghostbusters, but they look kind of more like, not like a, uh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't know how to describe the first one, it, they, it looks, the first, okay, here's how it is, the Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters, the Proton Packs look clean, and it's interesting in that, because I remember, and everyone remembers in the first scene, when they're going to take out the Slimer Ghost, and they're going up the elevator, they say, these have never been tested, we have no idea how these are going to work, and... You didn't. I never really got that impression that those things were dangerous, especially from them. Do, I mean, other than their facial expressions, I was like, "Oh, those look, you know, relatively stable." Whereas in this, there's kind of like a heating core. There's like a glowing orb that's probably irradiating everything and just is wiping everything out that's standing behind it. And they and and from there they 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 uh, make adjustments based off of their observations. So I thought it was really cool. Also. I, I just remember this, um, the first Proton Pack, I really liked because it was kind of, uh, really primitive, kind of reminds me of the first, uh, I, uh, like, first computer that, uh, like, Steve Jobs and, and all them, and Bill Gates made, it was kind of this big clonky thing, it was rolled on wheels and it barely worked, and then from there they make, they learn and adapt, and I thought that was really clever, uh, looking at my notes, um, Oh, another another kind of new reamp. I mean, the internet is being used more. I know Reddit and YouTube are being dropped, and I don't think that's really going to date it or anything. It's just kind of it's just a kind of a clever way, and they do have some clever jokes with uh, figuring or figuring the story in there and, and having some nice laughs, in my opinion. Um, like I said earlier, my favorite addition, and I don't say reversal, but it was kind of the first ghost that we, or like the first time they actually really fight a ghost with as a team, and it's in a, it's in a rock concert, it's an Aussie concert, uh, and, and so we have a ghost flying around, and the interesting twist is, now in the 80s, people are, are running from ghosts, they're scared of these ghosts, and what's really funny in this is that the ghost appears, and it's in just this really heavy metal, screamo, punk, area, and this ghost appears, and they all are freaking out, they're like, yes, hail Satan, and they're really like, this is what we've conjured, Satan is here with us, and it's really funny, and they come out, and they're having a light show, and these people are just having a blast with it, and I also forgot, Ozzy makes an appearance in this, and he has a really great kind of closer to that bit, and I thought that was awesome, I, it was such a funny and really great bit, another addition is that in the original, Ghostbusters were celebrities. People were they they had their own they had their own commercial line. At one point, they had toys that were all all over late night television. They were celebrities for what they were doing. And in this, it's a complete 180. They the government wants to silence the Ghostbusters, kind of to to hide the fact that there are ghosts and paranormal uh, experiences. And every time the Ghostbusters do something great, 
they want to shut them down and kind of say, oh, this is nothing but a hoax. And I think that's a really interesting idea, especially in the modern era where people are more, you know, more inclined to believe in ghosts and there are paranormal shows, there are psychics that try and communicate with ghosts. Um, there are film, there, there's popular media, is all about the afterlife. And I think that's really interesting that they kind of, that they went in that direction. Um, another, I, I, another addition that I mentioned earlier was the origin of the logo. Now, this is, this is a, I, I'm trying to kind of be vague about most of these things, but this is something that I am going to spoil, because I think it's, it was very awesome, and when I saw it, I'm like, wow, that's cool. Um, so in the original Ghostbusters, the logo just kind of appears, and it's, I mean, it makes sense, but you you never really get the idea of how it happens, and it's kind of a small thing that it doesn't, you're like, oh, who cares, it's a logo. But in this, if we get a street uh, a street artist, and you all know how I love street art <laughs> from uh, my exit through the gift shop with Brian, but so they go up and they say, and we're in a subway because this is where Leslie Jones uh, first sees a ghost that reminded me of the Scolari brothers, and they say, describe the ghost, since you're here a lot, describe the ghost, and he, and he's doing it off, off camera, and they're kind of making jokes, like, oh, like, this is against, this is my job, blah, 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 so it was kind of a funny back and forth, and then the reveal, and it's the logo, and I'm like, wow, that is really cool, and I kind of got it halfway through, I'm like, oh, he's drawing the ghost, because he has a lot of swift movements, and when he says, oh, no ghosts, and he, he does uh like the the cross like the no like the cross no and i'm like oh it's it's the it's the original logo and i'm like wow that's really an interesting origin and it's such a minute thing maybe i'm just looking into it but or not looking into it i'm just getting too excited about something that really is small but for me i really love those small details and i think they really go a long way and so uh, I'm trying to think of some other things that uh, that I really enjoyed, and you know what? I think that's really all that I really I I gotta say about the new additions. Um, I think I'm gonna be finishing up here because I don't want to give I don't want to go too far into the movie and without especially without Brian because this is something that I think I definitely want to re revisit with Brian because. I'm not. I don't want to call him out, but I'm going to call him out. Brian was one of the, those people that hated this film, and I never understood why. I remember um, on today on a social or so. I guess you can consider it a social media outlet, Snapchat. The filters that they have uh, for those for maybe those audience viewers that don't know what Snapchat is. It's just kind of a new. It's just a new. It's a different way for people to communicate. Um, can't really explain it because it's kind of just like a, a modern thing. It's relatively new, uh, but you can send you can send up uh, pictures that are temporary. But anyway, what I'm trying to get at, it, after my horrible explanation of what Snapchat is, we they have filters, and typically whenever uh, something big happens, like especially a new film, they always have sponsored. Uh, filters, and one of them was uh, Ghostbusters with Slimer. I remember I remember Brian took a picture with Slimer and said, this movie looks awful. And I was like, why? I, I, and he never really explained to me why he thought this film was going to be bad. And 
And, you know, I really want to revisit this with him, because he was one of those people that said this film was going to be bad, and and one of the reasons why I wanted to do this. So, we get to our end, and going into the end, I didn't think that the... I thought one thing that they did really wasn't necessary. So, the whole villain, his plot is to open up this void to the, I guess, the afterlife, or kind of some void where souls go, like, uh, angry spirits, and so the way they have to clear it up, it's, I didn't, okay, so I didn't like the ending either, because it's, it was too easy, that sucks, because leading up to the ending, there's this huge ghost fight, it's literally like, it's, it's literally straight out of of, of a video game, it's hordes of ghosts come after the Ghostbusters, and they use their gadgets to fend off the ghosts, and this is where, um, McKinnon shines in this scene, because she takes out her, uh, pistols, and she's zapping people left and right, there's a really cool, like, stilted man, um, it's in the trailers, and I thought it was probably one of my stylistically one of my favorite looking ghosts and so they it's this big fight and that was honestly cooler than how this movie resolved itself so the villain turns into a big giant like i predicted in the beginning and the way that they figure that they have to do this is to close the gap they they mentioned earlier that the ghost mobile has has, uh, it's still filled with, okay, Slimer has stolen the vehicle, and it's filled with all the equipment, so technically it's like a bomb, because it's all driven by some nuclear, uh, power. So they say, we have to get the car into this void to stop the, to pretty much close the the void, and they say, oh, total, uh, protonal reversal, which, that's annoying, because in Ghostbusters, that's like a big thing. It's it's literally a thing that makes them careful with what they do. They don't cross the streams. It's going to explode. It's going to have such an adverse reaction when these beams of nuclear vision touch one another and wrap that the that the reaction is so massive, it's so devastating that we can't do it as except as a last resort. Here, they just name drop it, and it's like, oh yeah, that's what they're going to do. And I'm like, what the, what the hell, that's too, the, you can't do that. Especially without explaining what it is, because they just name drop it. And, and so, they somehow get Slimer to casually drive into this. I think he's not paying attention, and so they just, inadvertently, he just drives into it. And so it explodes, and they take the big bad down into the, into the closing void, just circumstance, yay, and he grabs Melissa McCarthy's character and takes her into the void, so Kristen Wiig jumps in after her by pulling a poltergeist, by using a, uh, like a tether and jumping in after her. Now, I kind of like the idea that this is going, that these two best friends, in the beginning, they're kind of divided because they, um... Kirsten or Kristen Wiig doesn't her character doesn't really believe in the paranormal. She's trying to she's trying to be more legitimate and but through the film they get, they get closer together. They kind of put those differences aside. But that 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 bond that they always had since they were bullied and picked on as children has always stuck through. And so I like the idea that she's going after her. She's willing to jump into the void, risk her own 
safety for her best friend. And I like that. But it didn't need to happen. I I just think that it was just too it was just too much. It I just it just didn't work for me. Um also it just there's no the the ending is just so lackluster and easy. Um it just kind of further makes the villain not memorable and that he doesn't do anything so in the end of Go- the original Ghostbusters I'm sorry that I'm comparing it to the original but I kind of have to do this because the, the film doesn't really make the distinguish it doesn't distinguish whether it's a standalone and you, it wants you to well obviously it doesn't want you to forget about the original because of all the callbacks but I saw it kind of forces me to f- compare it to the original the original the showdown everything builds up there's an emotional connection because Venkman is dating Dana Barrett or he's he's courting her, he's seeing her and you're in, you're invested because these characters have been so well developed that you are fully invested invested of what happens to everyone at this final point. Also Gozer, well you see our it's uh, Gozer's minions uh going about and doing its bidding and you know it's a it's just a not a good per, not a good demon and malicious and everything comes up to this point and they have to defeat it here it's just like all right we have to save new york because obviously this is bad like okay and then the ending they don't even they don't even have like a final battle really they shoot the giant a few times and it falls over and that's all it really it took to defeat this giant godzilla-like monster and that's really underwhelming and it sucks because the film really did a, in my opinion, did a good job. Like, get it? Like, kind of. I thought it earned everything except, uh, but that point. I, I and it's disappointing because that's the ending of the film. It should literally be the best part. But you know what? I rest my case. So I, I didn't really like the ending. But what I did like in the ending, uh, trying to look at the glass half filled, is that I really like the idea that the government is now funding the Ghostbusters, and. We got um we got a hint at the um at the fire station and they're like, Oh yeah, we gotta get this, but it was too expensive which it was in the original one and then they end up having to down downsize and but now they have their station and that's like the icing on the cake. That's all oh, they get their station and and we get our final cameo oh not okay, I wouldn't I shouldn't say final, our second to last final cameo at this point. Uh, it was I. I was expected. I I kind of saw it coming from a mile away, but so the movie ended. And what I liked about the tri- the there's like scenes at the end. Uh, it's some more. It, there's another joke about a running gag with Chinese food and Melissa McCarthy's not getting enough wontons or whatever she wants. And it was it was okay. Um, but I liked that they kind of are setting up things for the next movie. In that there's a new they set up a new trap, which is like a bear trap. Uh, there's, they finally, we finally see the containment unit, because we never see it at this point, their only method of containing was they had the initial containment unit, and they just were like, well, we're just not going to open it until we figure out where to put these things, and I kind of, I kind of like that, because they don't really rush into, like, oh, we're going to just keep hunting ghosts, especially when they're going with the fact that the government is trying to keep them under wraps, um, although, one thing that I've, I agree with that other reviewers have pointed out is that I wish there was more ghost busting. But you know what? It, that doesn't mean that there's not enough um, 
like gadget action and, and action and things like that. It's like it, there's still things going on, but it would have been nice to see more ghosts. But you know, that final climactic battle where there's literally millions of ghosts, I thought kind of balanced it out in a in a sense. But anyway, so and that was really and you know what? There's one thing that I want to share with you guys. When this film ended and the and the Ghostbusters came up right at the end credits and the lights kind of came from dark to dim there's something happened that I I I it really happens to me when I go see films the theater applauded and you know what I joined with them and and I I I didn't mention that this this film I I I mentioned this I saw this with my mom and I was like, the the film was at seven ten or something like that, and she was like, "Oh, we gotta go." It's it, and it was like six twenty. I'm like, "Mom, this this movie's getting it, critically, it's like mixed, it's a mixed bag." But people are saying like, "This is not a good movie." I'm like, "This movie's gonna be empty." Like, I'm gonna be surprised if there's ten people in this film. Lo and behold, we show up. We had t- it was a full theater. And we had two of the last seats. Luckily, they were dead center <laughs> um, at the best seats that you could get. No one around us. But I was genuinely surprised at how, like, this this was a packed theater. And, and again, the theater applauded. And I was, that brought a smile to my face. Because I knew that this movie, it wasn't just me. That people could enjoy this film. Especially if they could just look past kind of all the unwarranted hate. So I'm gonna this this comes to a part where we where I get to my uh, closing remarks and recommendation. So for Ghostbusters 2016, like I said, the Rotten Tomatoes 73 out of 100. I'd say it was fair. My own personal rating. You know what? I might get. I thought long and hard about this because I've taken all weekend to process this and, and, and really prep for this. And you know what? I'm going to say that Ghostbusters 2016 is a 3.5 stars out of 5. And I think that's fair. I, I I really genuinely think that this film is good. It's serviceable. It's it war- I think it, it deserves a sequel because I really want to see Leslie Jones, Kate McKinnon, uh, uh, Kristen Wiig... And Melissa McCarthy back for another film because I think that they really can improve on the few step setbacks that they had, and and you know with that I th- I again I I just really think that this hate was not at at any way needed or warranted. I think people just really need to step back and really appreciate Ghostbusters. It's just a fun movie because that's what it is. It's a fun summer film that doesn't deserve people getting harassed on social media, people being called hacks, or that people should stop making entertainment because of this film that is completely unwarranted and not needed, and people just need to take a chill pill and just have fun, really. It's Ghostbusters. It's supposed to be a fun movie. It's not supposed to be a 
and it's not it's not supposed to be this grand spectacle that is Star Wars or Star Trek or Lord of the Rings. It is meant to be a fun movie where you can sit back, turn your brain off, and have a genuine good time. So with that, I am giving Ghostbusters a three and a half stars out of five. And so with that, we end this first impressions and this solo review. I really hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, I certainly had a fun time doing this and really prepping, and it was a really fun experience, and it really made me really think about this film. Um, hopefully I can do more of these, and maybe even Brian can do some of these. Um, but I really think that we sh- we're going to stick together and and really just go off each other because I, I it's it's more fun that way. But this is also really good. I feel it's kind of like an intimate moment with between me and you, the listener. So with that, I... Um, I will, I will leave you. Thank you for listening. If you guys could do me a favor, and whatever listening platform you, li- you listen to the show, please leave a review or a rating. It would really mean a lot to me and my brother Brian. Um, and uh, not, not, not on the fact that so we could get more um, publicity or anything like that. I genuinely want to know what you guys think of the show and how we can improve it and I want to hear from you I really want to make this as engaging as possible that was the whole intention of the show is to make it as engaging as possible with the viewer so you could uh, and you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, you can email us that we have at the closing uh, credits but once again thank you for supporting the show and we will get back to you as soon as possible with continuing the show but I think we have a, a few more first impressions coming your way but once again Thank you, and have a great night. Thank you for listening to this episode of Amateur All Tours. If you like what you've heard, want to leave a review, or even make a possible suggestion for Brian and I to discuss, you can follow us on Instagram at the Amateur All Tours, on Facebook at Amateur All Tours Podcast, or even send us an email at theamateuraltourspodcast at gmail.com. Once again, the Amateur Tours Podcast at gmail.com. That is one word. Cover design was composed by Sarah Jacobs. You can find more of her work at her own website, Digital Adventures. Opening and closing theme was performed by the CCH Jazz Ensemble, which was found using a Creative Commons search. Once again, we would like to personally thank you for supporting the show. Stay tuned for future episodes. Be sure to let us know what you think, and thank you once again. Music